Aber Yahweh. The opportunity to be about your business and doing your will, Father God. To be able to share your truth, your knowledge, your wisdom, Father, with any that have an ear to hear, but to listen to what's being spoken, to listen to what is being said, to listen to the truth, to listen and seek your face by going to your word. Abba Yahweh, Aman, Yeshua, Aman, Paraklitis, Aman. So I'm realizing that it was probably a little odd to, to many, if not most, um, individuals of hearing me speak about a program um, that I shared about with you called The Grim, or just simply Grim. And I'll explain and clarify as to why because I'm going to share some other material to you. And it's very, it's indicative that the agenda of the enemy is pushing really, really hard. And what that tells me, just as in my walk with God, how hard he pushes on me to fall, to give up, to renounce and turn my back, which I will never do. As hard as that's happening, I see that the harder he's pushing and all these things that are going on with the uh, worship of Ishtar, and I've shared who that is with you. It's the, it's a false deity, a Babylonian deity, a false god that's being worshipped and being sacrificed to. Brothers and sisters, this stuff is real. And I know that there's going to be a number of you out there that are going to cry out, oh, conspiracy theory, and you don't want to hear this anymore. And you don't remember what I've told you from the beginning. Try my spirit, pray to the guidance of the Holy Spirit to guide you and see if I don't speak the truth. And if you want to be offended, then that's because that's what you're seeking to be. You're not seeking truth, you're seeking to be offended. And that's okay too. I'm not going to judge you. I'm just going to keep praying for you. And this has got nothing to do about conspiracy theory. This has got to do with the truth and reality of what's going on in the world around us today and that the agenda of the enemy is really, really being pushed. And if you don't want to hear that and you don't want to hear truth, that's fine. Then you'd be like all the other complacent individuals that are satisfied with the lies being perpetrated to them by their governments and those agencies that they're going to take care of everything and yet don't. That's okay because they continue telling you the same thing over and over and over again and yet they don't take care of anything. And it doesn't matter. They don't say anything about helping you through difficulties and difficult times. They just make a lot of empty, empty promises. God's promises are definitely not empty. So, saying that to say this. So when I was talking and sharing with you and shared um, about that, the grim, or I think it was just called grim. Um, when I was a child and younger, there was, uh, there was a uh, pair of brothers uh, and their name was Grim. And they dealt with fantastical stories and fairy tales and things. So now what Hollywood grabbed onto is they decided to make and promote and produce a program, a movie, about this type of thing. And at first I was intrigued because of the name and because of my familiarity with them. And then I was intrigued by the storyline, but then I noticed some things going on in the storyline. And I will share further with you so that you understand. And then, um, <laughs> believe it or not, I was praying about it as I was watching and the Lord turned this into an educational seminar perpetrated by 
hypocrite would. So in viewing this, in viewing this, what became very apparent, what became very apparent was the promotion and authenticating of um, people disobeying laws, first of all, and doing what and how they wanted to do it and followed no directives by law enforcement whatsoever and basically were doing whatever they want and they would be very bold and just tell the police right to their face that they were going to do it and told the police where to go. Well, guess what? The police went. And why? Because you have nobody wants to follow rules and regulations anymore. We want to do what they want to do, how they want to do it, and where they want to do it. And those things that I shared with you that are prophesied in the book of Jeremiah and Isaiah talk about the judges and the seats of government and how they've turned their back on everyone while they're promoting this. In this program, as I continued watching, so the lawlessness is being promoted. The community of unmarrieds is being promoted. The relationship of unmarried same-sex relationships is promoted. Magic being promoted. Disobedience of children to their parents being promoted. And this is all in the guise of this Hollywood program, this production called Grimm. And I watched it to the end. And the only thing, as I shared at the ending, was that was somewhat of a redemption, if you would call it that, was not really a redemption. Um, but supposedly the destroyer was coming to destroy the world, and he was trying to convince the lead character to give up his um, his hold on this part of this staff that was supposed to supposedly the staff that Moses carried and somehow Satan had his hand on it and it was uh, allowed him to do all these things and a lot of people don't know about the Knights Templar and historical relationship to them but the the Knights Templar were a real organization, they were a real group of people and the church feared them or became to fear them because they um, they swore that they would do and protect those things of God and the church was using them and utilizing them as a tool but they began to fear them because the Templars were not obeying what the church told them to do. Well, the church was not following the laws of God and the rules of God. And Templars got wind of what the church was real, what their agenda really was, and they refused to follow. Well, what the church did is they began having the Templars systematically destroyed. And not only by personal possessions, but by killing them. And this is documented in history. And the reason that I bring that up is because the persecution of faithful followers of God is not something new. And that persecution is real. And Hippocrawood, as I have come to call it, is leading a charge in that and things that have been found out with this place or what has been come to call, uh, people call Hollywood when they talk about the film industry, it's no longer a ge geographical location or, ge or a uh, point on the map. It's just spoken of when you're talking about moviedom. So Hippocrawood, is seem to be leading the charge on a lot of this, not only in relationship, and you can see how this was done when you had this um, 
some of these promotions that went on with the sporting events this last year that they produced, incidentally, and their employees and activists, as they like to call them, activists. Well, brothers and sisters, the truth of it is, is that it's froward speech and it's absolutely contrary to the teaching, the infallible word of God. So this is a cautionary statement to everyone out there to beware. And now, and and the thing is further in this um, this movie that they took from Grimm, the Brothers Grimm, where actually they were fairy tales for kids, but they were, it was developed by Hipparkawood into an adult program. And as I said, it promotes contrary teachings, forward teachings, and doctrine that is absolutely against everything that the Bible teaches and everything that my faith tells me is true. And this destroyer was supposed to be, they gave all sorts of different names and then they tried to use the word Satan, but they tried to downplay that. And that it was this character that was easily destroyed by this supposed um, hunter of wickedness. And the wickedness was in the characters and guise of movie characters. And that through this staff that was supposedly Moses in this piece that he had found and didn't understand and so forth and so on, the storyline, but it was absolutely against biblical teaching. And the point that I'm making with this is that it is absolutely against the teachings and doctrine, the precepts and tenets of our Lord God, and teaching that disobedience of parents and adults, reasonable adults and that, and disobeying laws and virtually doing what you will and how you will, when you will, any way that you will is okay. And also the interrelationship between man and a woman was thrown completely out. That was okay. And the multiple relationships outside of marriage, that was also made okay. The practicing of witchcraft was made okay. And brothers and sisters, it is something that I've shared with you about the agenda of the enemy is very powerful. We have a problem here that's coming up that a friend posted, a friend of mine posted, brother actually, a godly brother. And this was posted a few days back. There's a book that's being promoted to our children and I may, have, I may have phrased this before and shared with you before that the enemy's agenda, primary agenda and number one target, as you will, is the children. Why is that? Because knowing that if he can disrupt the family unit, that there's a stronghold that he has taken and he feels victorious. And this is an old, old saying, many years. I was a child when I first heard this. When I could first start remembering, I remember hearing this. The family that prays together stays together. How many families are even bothering to pray over holiday meals or meals at all? How many families are having meals together Mom, dad, sons, daughters sitting at the same table together. And I believe I shared this with you when I was talking about how the father wants to sup with us, how he's invited us into his table and how 
um, and that young contemporary artist song, Friend of Sinners, that he can go in and sit down next to Jesus at the table and it's okay. And himself being the chief of sinners, as he calls himself, and it's okay because Jesus wants him there. Why? Because Jesus is our healer, our redeemer, our savior, and we are the ones that he came for. This is something that the Pharisees had a great deal of difficulty even beginning to comprehend. Wait a minute. And remember that Jesus also spoke later on in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John talking about how they refused to see their sins, so obviously they don't have any. But that's not the case. But they refused the doctor's help and it's just like people that don't want to go to the doctor or refuse to go to the doctor because the doctor can't do this or can't do that. And they refuse any medical help. But yet they continually complain about all the ailments. And then you flip the coin once again and you come back to the first circle tyrants who declared themselves to be religious know-it-alls. And they had all the answers religiously and they didn't even stay in Torah and things that they picked up. And it seems to me that their education was limited only enough so they can be bossy. And it was no good to anyone. They didn't want to listen to the truth. Why? Because as Jesus told them, you wouldn't understand the truth and you don't understand me because I speak the truth and you speak the truth of your father who is a liar and a murderer from the beginning, and his name is Satan. Oh, they didn't like that. They didn't like that at all. So instead of trying to adjust anything and trying to be accepting to anything, instead of believing the truth and, and asking for forgiveness, they plotted on how to murder our Christ, little realizing that the plan was that he was going to be sacrificed for our sakes anyway. And what did he do? hanging on the cross and right before he died, he looked down at us and he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Well, that's a pretty bold and powerful statement right there. So anyway, back to this attack and the agenda that the enemy is perpetrating against our children. This is a book that's being promoted by a big Hippocratwood figure and being perpetrated as a wonderful, wonderful way of teaching our children. It's called Conversations with God. And then they have a second book that's called Conversations with God for Teens. And it's being pushed and pandered by a very renowned individual that so many people on both sides love this person. But if they knew the truth, if they knew the truth and they heard this, I heard this some years ago, and I'm going to share this, and the, and I, I really have a problem and an issue with putting a name out there. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway because I've been praying about this. Uh, this person is Oprah Winfrey. Ooh, this sounds like a really hard attack. Well, yeah, it is because this person uh, a number of years ago had a special guest when when they were doing an interview on a uh, on the show, her show, and declaring that we are each God and that we each control heaven and we decide how our heaven is going to be operated and run and we can do that because we are each God. That my friends, was a pretty bold and powerful statement to make then. And here we have continued perpetration of falsehood and lies, false teachings, doctrines, and Jesus tells us, beware of those who come to deceive. Beware. And he warned us and told us that they come in and the liars and thieves, they come. And here's the thing that you have to understand is that oft times the attack is 
fairly subtle. So as I shared in that program that I watched, it was, they were fairly subtle and then they became bolder and bolder as the program progressed through the series and just became very blatantly outright declaring all of these contrary teachings and falsehoods. And it was being put into this program that was being subtly sprinkled in everybody's thoughts. And as I've shared with you before, that Satan's attacks are and can be very subtle. In rare form, does he actually come out with uh, what would be termed an all outright frontal assault? He does sometimes, but usually his attacks are subdued and subtle because he wants to sneak up before he slaps you seriously hard. And you look around and see what's going on today. You see what's going on today. Um, it's very subtle, very subtle. Now, I noticed something that my, I have a relative who is sharing some things and had showed, shared a photograph with me of my great nephew. And he was going to a, um, there's a daycare facility that was at the church, a church, and they're, well, not really a logo, but their signs so people knew where this was, was the rainbow. And it wasn't the rainbow that we are familiar with. It was because if you, if you notice that the rainbows and what they like to, what they started out calling themselves the rainbow coalition is a very particular color scheme. And I was caught my eye about this and I told her, I told my niece about her children being left in care there. And she needed to be very cautious and be in prayer. She was kind of in a, between a rock and a hard place and not being able to get any daycare for her kids. I think that they have since moved away from this place. And I bring that up again because this is one of the subtleties that the sorceress, Ishtar, um, if you remember, I shared with you that according to the Babylonian belief is that the sorceress could blend genders, confuse genders, and make people unsure and was capable of hypnotic trances. And when this was done, it was done when her eyes became the rainbow. And this is really a hard thing because if you remember, and this is also a perversion, as the enemy will oftentimes do with the gifts of God, because initially you know that the rainbow was a gift that was given and given to us by God so that we would know that the flood was over and that it wasn't going to be the causation of the world problem again. So be cautious. But anyway, back to this, the conversations with God. This is a book that's being promoted by, um, I don't know if, uh, if adults out there, if you don't have any children yet or have children, it's called a scholastic book club. And this was, uh, this is something that children can be part of within the school. And I can remember as a child, it's, it's been around for a very, very long time, very long time. And the book conversations with God can be purchased through the scholastic book club and being promoted 
And you have uh, conversations with God and conversations with God for teens. And supposedly this doctor, um, <laughs> now the title itself would be, sounds harmless enough if you go simply by the title, but that's part of the subtlety that the enemy uses. And they brag about it being on the New York Times bestseller list. And um, and as my brother shared, something that we need to really be paying attention to. And this was an old saying when I was a kid, I heard it. That you never judge a book by its cover. And I actually have a whole lot of friends that talk about that. And they speak that way. They don't want to read something because they saw what it was about on the cover. And they they don't even bother reading the synopsis. And many of them have that. And people have made a declaration that they're not interested in reading the Bible because it's just a novel. Well, mm, that's interesting. But that's the way people make judgments. So... This author writing these children's books asked the questions that kids would come up to allegedly by using the voice of God as the character that he writes in answering the questions. But yet the answers that are given are completely and totally contrary to biblical teaching. And for example, I'm going to share a couple with them, and then I don't want to get too deep into this because I'm certain I've already twisted a lot of people's knickers out there and offended so many, and it's okay. You don't want to listen anymore? I don't care. Remember? I don't care because my authority comes from the highest, and your validation doesn't matter to me. The validation of my heavenly Father, my Lord, my God, my King Jesus and the Holy Spirit validate my truth and that's it. And it's not my truth, but their truth that I speak or the truth of my Father God and only the truth. The same thing that Jesus taught when he came and he told us when he was walking with the disciples then. That being said, so there's a young girl and her question was, was why why am I a lesbian? And supposedly God tells this child, well, you were born that way. And it's because of genetics that are put into you that you were just like you were born right-handed or you have brown eyes, I'm trying to get her to believe this. And then he tells her, you go out and celebrate your differences. Go out and celebrate the fact that you practice contrary living. You go out and celebrate that. Now, another young girl poses the question, and this would be a teenage, in the teenager's book. And the reason I didn't separate the other two is because transgender and all this other blurring is being pushed on and pandered to children that are in the first grade, the first grade of elementary school. It's being pushed on them. And if you think that I'm kidding, you go and you check some of the materials that are being put out by children at that grade level by the school board, if you're even allowed in. Because when you come in to speak up in defense of your children without pulling them out of school, you are posed a threat and you can actually be arrested and you're not allowed into the school board meetings. So trying to find out what your children are being taught in school, they don't have PTA meetings anymore. Like when I was a child, they had Parent Teachers Association and they had monthly meetings. They had weekly meetings if necessary. And they would have quarterly meetings and parents were able to go. And children could go. 
and hear what the parents and teachers were talking about, except at the quarterly meeting, which was parent-teachers only. Back to the point. So here this young girl says, I'm living with my boyfriend, and my parents say I should marry him because I'm living in sin. Should I marry him? Now, again, as the voice of God to her, who are you sinning against? Not me, because you have done nothing wrong. Excuse me? This is the voice of God? Interesting. Because I can go to a half a dozen scriptures right now that are complete, that this speaks completely contrary to. Wow. And then there's another question that comes from an older child asking about forgiveness of sin. And when they ask God about forgiveness, God responds, I do not forgive anyone because there is nothing to forgive. There is no such thing as right or wrong, and that is what I have been trying to tell everyone. Do not judge people. Oh, my goodness. So you talk about completely forward teaching and contrary to biblical precepts and everything that we have always been taught and what the Holy Spirit and God teaches is that it's okay. The What does the Bible talk And I just spoke to this just the other day about forgiveness and compassion and kindness. And, let, and, and having said that, let me say this, that this person, brother and sister, still has the opportunity to repent. Oprah Winfrey can repent. I stay in prayer for the healing. I stay in prayer for repentance. I stay in prayer for forgiveness because God does forgive. And the Bible tells us that we should forgive. And we do not have the authority to decide who is forgiven and who is not forgiven. That's not for us. And the judgment for these individuals will be at a much higher level than they can even imagine. So I don't judge them. I pray for them. But I warn you because these assaults are on our children. And further speaking as the character of God, as this author does, is that uh, there is no such thing as right or wrong, and that is what I have been trying to tell everyone. Do not judge people. People have chosen to judge one another, and this is wrong, because the rule is, judge not, lest ye be judged. Well, that's not exactly correct. That's not exactly correct. We are not to judge one another, because that's not our authority. And there is forgiveness, because when people do something in error or contrary to the teaching or they do something against another, a brother or a sister or a fellow person and they ask and tell you that they're sorry that we are told that we are to forgive them. If they've done nothing wrong, then that means... So basically what they're, what's, this person is trying to do in writing this book is to destroy, and that's a powerful word, but I'm using it because... It's pretty blatant in just these very simple first few lines is to destroy every concept of humanity. Ooh, that's a pretty powerful statement. Of humanity because then it's saying that it's okay to break the law because you don't do anything wrong and you're not doing anything wrong. So you have nothing to be asked forgiveness for and that you can go out and do anything you want to do, however you want to do it, just be careful that you don't hurt somebody else. You can have interpersonal relationships with other people to the point of sexual intercourse with them, and it doesn't matter if you're married or not. 
contrary to biblical teaching. You can go ahead and have same-sex relationships and go ahead and worship Ishtar, and that's okay, contrary to biblical teaching. And go ahead and don't have to worry about forgiveness because there's nothing to be forgiven for, contrary to biblical teaching. And that you can go and do pretty much anything you want. Wow. So the books are quoting in complete error and attempting to utilize the Bible, biblical scripture, just like that pervert that was on the stage and was declaring that John 3.16 was incorrect. Well, the person didn't even read the scripture in context of anything else around it because God doesn't tell you anything about I'm going to send you to hell if you don't believe. That's not what God says. God gives you the free will choice that you can make, whether you're going to believe or you don't believe. And if you don't believe, then you will perish and that you have already decided that you're going to do that because you're not going to believe. And that's fine. You chose to walk that path, just like you have, I've shared this before with you, just like you have what is termed as career criminals because they keep choosing to do contrary to law and keep getting thrown in jail and prison continuously. And it has nothing to do with their family or that they were raised by a bad step-parent or bad relatives, so it's not their fault. Well, very rarely do you have situations like that you have situation where the person chooses to do that. So these books are a danger and it is the definite agenda of the enemy to come and attempt these subtle attacks and using against our children, as I've shared with you before, is that the children are targeted. Why? Because parents will generally do whatever it takes to protect their children. They will do whatever it takes to protect their children. So when attacks are made on their children, they get fairly upset. And this is what the um, Wow, and the Holy Spirit just took me right to the book of Ephesians um, in this. But at any rate, because the children are the ones that are being targeted and parents will do whatever it takes to protect their children. And this is also something that the devil knows, which he is utilizing the school boards claiming authority that they don't have. And that authority is that they declare the parents of these children's to be, um, and the term has been used, and it's also been that they have been targeted, and they have had their phone lines tapped, and they've hacked into their uh, emails and all these other things because they have been called, and the FBI was under investigation for this, and probably continuing, that they were declared to be domestic terrorists. Really? And they use that term against parents who are trying to protect their children. And then they declare that they're trying to protect the children from their own parents. Wow. So if parents are no longer being allowed to protect their children, And I leave that pause in there for you to question. So the books are false doctrine of the devil. And the quotes that this author uses are allegedly from parts of the Bible, but they're used in complete error and not at all contextually. And these books, as well as many others similar, are being sold to the school-age children through this thing called the Scholastic Book Club. 
scholastics having, of course, to do with school. And this has been an organization that's been around for a long time. And I'm quite certain that you have individuals such as Ms. Winfrey, who I did mention by name, and I'm probably going to have a knock on my front door. <laughs> because I'm certain that her knickers are probably all twisted up. And that's okay. Because I'm sharing the truth as opposed to lies. So this is a very wealthy and powerful person. And so many people want to follow and be like Oprah because of that. But remember what I shared not too awful long ago, and it might have been yesterday, the day before. It is amazing how complete is the delusion that beauty is goodness. And this is very appropriate because so many people declare that she's, oh, she's so beautiful, she's so wealthy, she's so helpful, blah, 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 blah. And that's all it is, is blah, blah, blah. For appearances. But the subtlety is the harm that's being done can still be surmounted by the sovereignty of Lord God and his authority. She just hasn't decided to go that way. So this organization, the Scholastic Book Club, you need to be aware of what is being given to your children or what is being taught to your children. If you have school-age children, be involved, be in their lives, be a parent, which is what a lot of the issue is in this day and this time is that parents are not being parents. Our children are definitely under attack. And as the word of God talks to us and tells us to be sober and vigilant. And this comes, this had come in that, what is that word I shared with you? Circumspect, remember? And that we are to be that, to look around, be watchful, be discreet, cautious, and prudent. So not only in that, but that we walk upright and boldly, and not so much to be that, but that we're being upright in God's righteousness and truth. Bold, upright, circumspect. But here it becomes more important that in the other portion of this, and it comes directly from the Latin, circumspicere, circumspicere, sorry about that, or circumspectus. Circumspicere, to look around. Look around you. Do not have blinders on so that you cannot see what's going on, but don't get all in a turmoil about what's going on. Remember, God is with you. You need to be in prayer, even more so now. Be sober and vigilant about teaching the children the true word of God and guarding their experience their exposure to worldly mediums that are being shared because of the subtlety. And remember, we have been shared this. I've, I've shared this with you before. Is that Peter tells us, number one, we've heard Jesus has described them, uh, described the enemy and the demons that are prowling as ravening wolves. And Peter's description is as that roaring lion that's out in the bush. And I, I shared this with you before that I used to live in the mountains. And when you go out there at nighttime and you hear mountain lions and you don't know what they are and they have a certain cry, especially when it's the rut season, what that means is that you have, they're looking for a mate, but the crying of these lions 
is actually terrifying. If you don't know what it is and you go out there and you hear it for the first time, it will literally turn your blood icy cold. And you will be shivering and you'll be looking around and you'll be looking to head back to your tent, your cabin, whatever you're staying in. And this is exactly what the devil does. Gets out there prowling around, likes to agitate and frighten the prey, but this is what he does. He goes out there roaring around and they hide in the bush. And when the prey is, is trying to hide and protect themselves and they get down and cower because they know that the lion's out there, then the lion starts to roar and make all sorts of noise. hoping to scare up either a young that hasn't been taught, and especially if they're separated from their parents. This is something that, a tactic that is used often in the wild. If you know anything about wild animals that are hunters, active hunters, they look to separate the young or the wounded from the rest of the herd, and in particular, the young from the parents, because the adults are supposed to be teaching them and protecting them. But once in a while, when they're out there, they get separated. And the lion will look for that. The lion roaring and trying to scare the prey out of their hiding place in the bush or the youngsters away from their parents. And as Peter tells us, seeking from whom he may devour. 1 Peter 5, 8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. So don't look around and think that, oh, this is only happening to me. Woe is me, poor, poor, pitiful me. Nobody likes me. Everybody hates me. I'm going to go eat worms. Well, it's not just happening to you. But this is very poignant, this, this verse right here. And Peter's calling us, and when he calls us to be sober, he's not talking about being drunk or not drunk. He is speaking of being aware, just being cautious and knowing what's going on around you. Because you notice that when you're not, when you, you're not sober, so that you're serious, you're not playing around all the time because that tends to get you distracted. So talking about being sober, you're sedate in demeanor, meaning that you're not acting out, you're not loud, you're not boisterous, and you're not playing. You are not playing. that you are subdued in your actions, subdued in your dress, you're not flamboyant, you just, you're not trying to draw attention. That's what Peter's talking about, is that you're, um, that you're, oh, uh, here it is right here. Oh, this is perfect. Yeah, one of the other definitions, there's a whole list of them. So you're free from excess extravagance or exaggeration. So you're not making a flamboyant draw of attention to yourself for yourself's sake. That makes sense, anybody? Because most people that do that are doing that to gain attention. It's just like uh, I shared with you the Sanhedrin and the Pharisees when they go out, they have these special little outfits that they wear, just like that pervert that was flamboyantly parading back and forth on the stage. I'm not even quite certain what that was, except that he was not very sober. He wasn't drunk, but he was trying. I could tell that he kept flipping this scarf that was multicolored 
to make it appear as if it was blowing. And he was parading back and forth on the stage, but and then he'd stop on occasion to the podium and and declare the falsehood of the Bible. So he was not acting soberly, and he was drawing attention, which was his action. Also to show self-control. So the term that is used in the Bible, circumspect, and Peter calls us to be sober, to be vigilant, to be paying attention to what's going on around you. And this is an important thing that we do because the enemy seeks whom he may devour. And sadly, that has to do with our children. And the children are targeted and becoming more so a target because this day and age, parents are not parenting very well, honestly. And they become a mark. Brothers and sisters, I pray now, Abba Yahweh, for these individuals that are perpetrating this against our children, against one another, and that I share your truth because it is your truth that matters. Your truth is all that I share. Your truth is all that I speak. Abba Yahweh, that the opportunity for repentance is there and real. All they have to do is ask. All I have to do is ask. Brothers and sisters, you are in my prayers. How am I going out? Am I coming in every day? Be blessed.